Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello all, it's Helen here the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming, and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about Tin Can Audio Presents. Tin Can Audio Presents is a new podcast feed collating all of Tin Can's award-winning small batch audio fiction in one place, so no more having to switch feeds or search the show notes for links. It features a lovely little ghost show, Middle Below, an experimental audio fiction concept album, The Tower, a fantasy guide to profit and prosperity, The Dungeon Economic Model, and more. Each show also features an introduction from Tin Can Audio creator, David Devereaux. Tin Can Audio Presents is a home for experimental, boundary-pushing audio fiction in all its forms, with some exciting new stories on the way. Check out Tin Can Audio Presents wherever you get your podcasts, or visit rustyquill.com or tincanaudio.co.uk for more information. Have fun and enjoy the episode. Thank <laughs> you. 
Welcome to episode 195 of the Rustical Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex Newell, and with me today I have... Ben Meredith, Bryn Monroe, Lydia Nicholas, and Helen Gould. And who are you playing? Zolf Smith, Hamid Salah Harun Al-Tahan, Sal Sidebottom, and Azu. And you, you've made it to the worst place on the planet, or arguably the best, depending on your perspective. Mm. So congrats on that one. Right. You're in an alleyway. Yeah, in a, in a lot of ways. We've managed to come full circle. I started with you in a dirty alleyway, and you might be richer, you might be more powerful, but you're still, still in a dirty alleyway. In a lot of ways, I think that was intentional. But some of us are looking at the stars. Aww. <laughs> and the stars are looking back. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about how you have managed to bring so many of your podcast properties together, Alex, with the, it's just like, oh no, look, there's watching and interplay in our dimensional, like, terror. Hey. It's- I, I promise. Okay, this was this was an odd convergence that was not intentional. It turns <laughs> yeah. out I'm just a, a bit of a one note person. Or is it? Yeah, it's just everyone comes to you with a script, and you're just like, oh, "That's cool. I've just got a few edit points." Just, just it won't <laughs> just even seem like that big a deal at first. No, it's, not, it's not a big a deal. But <laughs> have you considered naming the characters after people I know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to reject this. There's no Sasha in it. <laughs> okay, so you are all in your alleyway facing the one that got away. <clears throat> yes, so happy. And are about to be entering down into the manhole in front of it. Anyone have anything they want to do before we do so? No. I think so. Resounding no. silence. In which case then... We're being stealthy. Yeah. Hey, I, I approve. <laughs> Listen, that wasn't a complaint. Resounding silence would be like the title of my first album. <laughs> And there wouldn't be any music. It'd be wonderful. Conceptual. <laughs> the manhole cover is uh, pulled aside and the first wizard goes down, then Barrett, and I'm assuming people follow with the same tap-tap thingy. Mm-hmm. Find yourself in a similar service tunnel to the one that you last exited. Squizzard closes the manhole cover behind, at which point Barrett just sort of leans in and whispers, right, as long as we're quiet, please do stay quiet, we'll be okay. Um... Through the double doors there, is anyone carrying anything magical that is important to them? Turns and looks at Zolf. Yes. Zolf's invisible, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, you'd still be in- invisible. He, but he did remember, I should say. Mm. Zolf, um, we're going to be passing through an anti-magic field. I'm assuming it's going to affect your legs. Right. It's not like that the whole way. It's it's sort of a barrier thing. Okay. It, it, do, you, do you want a piggyback? I can use my arms. Yeah, there's a um, anti-magic barrier around the area for obvious reasons. So I don't know if any of the rest of you have anything like that, but thought I'd let you know. Through that door on the opposite side, go through one at a time. The door opens, step inside, you close the door behind you, and then uh, some stuff will happen, basically checks, things like that, and then the door on the other side will open, okay? Right. All right. And you're not... I mean, you're not... This isn't just an an easy way to to kill us and... And it turns out that you were actually on the side of the blue veins all along, and and then the, the final group of people that were trying to fight the blue veins are, are gone. Look, there's enough space for two of us to go in at the same time, and I'm happy to go in with one of you if you really want. I can't resent you, paranoia. God knows it's a useful trait. It does feel like there would have been easier ways to do it, I guess. No, we're quite hard to kill. Hmm. Maybe the two squizzards can go in first. Uh, the squizzards aren't allowed to go any further. Oh, well then, I suppose it's you. Oh, I'm fine with that. The people inside have a bit of an issue with them, which is fine. Well, perhaps we all go in pairs then. Who, who is in there? Oh, that's another secret, isn't it? We'll find out in five minutes, I suppose. All right, okay. Barrett, you're with me. Uh, 
As it was the only one who could probably hold me up, I'd appreciate it. Oh, well. Hmm. How is Azu going to know where you are? <laughs> the invisibility only lasts ten minutes. It's probably going to wear off any second, and it'll certainly oh, wear okay. off the All second right. we step through the anti-magic barrier. Yeah, you, like it's not going to sustain long enough for it to be a thing. Okay, just, just checking, because it's easy to forget. What do you think, Hamid? You and me, old times' sake? <sighs> Why not, Oscar? Shall we go first? In which case, then, uh, Oscar heads forward, opens the door revealing what is inside is one side appears to be, I mean, shocker, a floor-to-ceiling mirror. It's a room that appears to have some form of electrical light or similar from the in the ceiling. A large sheet of what's presumably a two-way mirror or something similar on one side. And it appears to be, to all intents and purposes, a steel box in every other regard with sort of metal grating on the opposite side. Wild steps in, looking around, going, this feels sort of familiar in some ways Hamid steps in with him at which point then Wilde sort of closes the door, it has a, a sort of internal metal latch that he turns okay what happens now then hello hello mystery people <laughs> shh he reaches out to the original out door and starts saying something along the lines of, is there like a signal or something? And then tries to unlock the door and can't. I guess we just wait. Fair enough. The light on top, which was before dim, suddenly starts glowing very, very bright, like someone's just turned it right up. See, I knew something would happen. Okay, cool. Hello. There's a very sort of creaky, crackly um, squawk, and then from behind the metal grill on the opposite wall, you just hear a very sort of muffled voice going, Show us your eyes. Uh, uh, our eyes? Show us your eyes, yeah. Uh, okay. Hammond sort of steals himself and tries to to open his eyes wide at the bright light. At the mirror. Obviously at the mirror. Oh, uh, fine. That's probably easier. Right, let me just, um... <laughs> He, he blinks away again and then yeah, does the same Wilde to the mirror. Yeah, sort of does the thing where he sort of, you know when you like open your eyes as wide yeah. as you can with your fingers, Mr Bean style, if anyone mm. knows the reference. Okay, right, turn around. <laughs> yep. Does so. Okay, who brought you here? Mr Barrett, unfortunately. What do you think about him? <laughs> uh, how long have you got? He is... <laughs> Literally one of the worst beings to have ever lived on this planet. <laughs> yeah, wicked cool. You can come in one sec. <laughs> <laughs> the door on the other side just sort of... And then opens. There's no one on the other side of it. It appears to be some kind of, like, cloak room or something, but still with sort of metal grating and so on. Go on, then. What is beyond the door? So beyond the door is basically a set of lockers, some wooden benches in a, a larger steel room, and what appears to be a locked steel door that leads to the other side of that mirrored glass, and then some steps that are leading up to another seemingly locked door. Over another speaker in that room you get. Just wait there for the rest to come in, then we'll, uh, we'll take it from there. Very well. There's some books in the lockers. At which point the speaker turns off. Yeah, I guess Hamid looks for the books, grabs one. <laughs> I am going to jump to the rest of the party and sort of do this 
as accelerated time. Mm-hmm. Everyone is put through basically a similar situation, and every time you are asked what do you think of Barrett, I'm assuming no one's like, oh, he's the best. Oh, I love him. He's so cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. In which case, is everyone okay for me to just accelerate through? Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming, yeah, as you Zolf, you're basically helping Zolf through that. That door is an anti-magic field, to be specific. Like, that room, sure. sorry, is an anti-magic field. Anything, to be clear for everyone, anything you got magic will just not be on in that room it's not damaged it doesn't melt or anything it's just <laughs> it, it is not on the second you are out of that room whoop it all comes back on everything's fine Cell feels notably less intelligent <laughs> oh yeah such an odd little <laughs> I mean yeah similarly for Hammered but and also just you know everything about him just deflates slightly <laughs> yeah. oh yeah I didn't dive too deep into that of course your clothing would suddenly go very like well, hang on. If that's all you've been wearing, are you wearing basically rags the second the no, magic it's, isn't in it's, place? It's a real, it's a real, you know, set of the similar clothing. It's just not quite as fabulous. Okay, okay, <laughs> fair enough. In which case, then I'll jump ahead to the cloakroom effectively and have the last door closed. Obviously, it's a little bit crowded by that point with everyone in there. Barrett is allowed in there with you. The squizzards are not. Mm-hmm. And then Barrett's there, just sort of. Oh God theatricality of it for goodness sake sorry sorry you are irritated by the theatricality here Mm. it's just amateurish you know Uh, there's no there's no style to it look it's important Barrett not to be very very stupid and bring some sort of dangerous magical device into this room so it's important that you check that you are not very very stupid the door opens to the mirrored room as you are saying that and it's just you know he's he is quite right you are an utter dolt and out steps an old face for some Augusta Lee Byron's half-sister oh the leader of the Serpentines sure yep nice hello all how are we doing oh hello again it's been a while uh, yeah, it has. Uh, she comes over and immediately reaches out to shake hands with Hamid and Zolf. No, thank no. you. Shame. Well, I can understand why. It's fair enough. There's... Oh, sorry, uh, Augusta. She reaches her hand out to shake, like, Azu and Cell's hand and everyone else's. Azu looks at... Ha- yeah. Azu does what Cell did when Cell was introduced to Barrett. Like... <laughs> right. <laughs> She's a thief we beat up once. Uh, oh, oh okay. she was behind the bombing that killed several people at, right at oh. the beginning of all this, uh, including uh, oh. stealing the simulacrum. Oh, oh! So this is partly your fault. It's an interesting way of putting it. Actually, if you, if you think about it, in some ways, if no one had interfered, can we just get on with this, please? Yeah, all right, fine. Augusta heads through to the other door and basically gives a complex tap, like a dum. Boom, boom, but a dum, boom, boom, but like unnecessarily See, that is a complex. Proper secret knock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it takes a good like twenty seconds. Someone has overworked this. This isn't a useful tap. This is someone who has overthought this situation. No, Cell, Cell is impressed. Right. Um, one other thing, though. Please watch out. Tesla's a bit of a clean freak. So wash your hands in the sink. Make sure that you um, basically don't come in grubby because that's just going to be a whole thing. Okay. Uh, Cell looks uh... at Summit Neil with the. Oh, God. <laughs> Nicola Your timing of looking is flawless. Yeah. She goes very pale, and her <laughs> eyes go very wide, and her fists start to clench over and over again. Nikola Tesla. Uh, yes. 
Right. I was expecting more of a, you know, secret volcano base rather than a under a grubby pub in London, but I suppose it makes as much <laughs> sense as everything else. You should ask him about the volcano base. <laughs> she uh, heads into the room, basically starts cleaning up, and then heads through what is on the other side, just a, a wooden door. No one let her in. The tapping seems to have then someone heard and then opened the door automatically. It wasn't a person on the other side. And she just heads through a mundane wooden door on the other side. Follow. Cell keeps looking at Summit Neil. Yeah. Like, Big eyes. Are you are you all right, Summit Neil? Yes. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't look all right. She doesn't look upset. She looks ready to throw something at someone's head. Maybe just don't kill him until we have as much information as we like need or, or, or want to, to 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 make a good decision. Yes, that. Why would I kill him? He wouldn't know how angry I am if he was dead. Valid, Ooh. valid, valid. Okay. Summit Neil leads the way, followed by Barrett, and people just start filtering through into the rest of it. Mm. Hamid rather enjoys the opportunity to actually clean his hands and his face properly, which has been <laughs> not been easy to come by recently. It's quite harsh stuff. It's closer to bleach than soap. Ooh. Oh. Uh, once he's done that, Hamid uses press the digitation to perfectly reapply his makeup. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, nice. But yeah, heading inside, you head into what is effectively a... It's hard to explain, like a porch. I don't know how else to put it. Like, if someone was trying to take a cellar and then do it up like the porch of a house, <laughs> like AstroTurf, picket fence, a door <laughs> at the end of the cellar, some, like, <laughs> windows that seem to have curtains closed that are clearly just a wall, but it's set up like a little house. Another weird scientist with a weird house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Augusta is already heading through the, the red door and down some stairs at the other end. Yep. Follow on. Yep. As Cell's going through, they kind of go, Oh! Oh! Oh, I get it! You said the chap said, find the the one that got away, and that's the pub! Yeah. I get it. I feel I like that now. was not clear at the time that he meant this pub. That took me a while. It seems <laughs> that way. I'm still... I mean, maybe he didn't mean the pub, but I guess he must have. It's a pretty ambiguous phrase. It is, mm. almost deliberately it's something so. that people might wonder about for a very long time. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> might spark all kinds of debates. I mean, I, I have to confess hadn't been topmost in my mind given everything else that's happened but always nice to have a question answered I suppose Wild pipes up I mean in some ways it's quite a disappointment it was such an esoteric phrase now that the potential's been removed it's sort of underwhelming yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's another reveal to come hmm. Heading down the stairs, you find yourselves down into what can best be described as a well-appointed 18 salon There is a fireplace that at first appears to be lit and then you realise it's an illusion <laughs> like an illusion of flames <laughs> there is a, like a grandfather clock on the wall big comfy wingtip chairs which Augusta immediately flops down into and it's quite spacious actually you'll have headed down for maybe I don't know like 20 feet down so you're not in a like pub cellar you have used that as a way to get even further down and yeah it seems com- comparatively spacious but again it's done up like a a house would be where it's like you know there's a there's a window with the curtains drawn and Wilde immediately heads over tries to pull it aside and sees just bricks on the other side of actually glazed windows and just closes it again 
but yeah, it has the feeling of like someone went for homey, mm. but like someone designed homey. It doesn't look lived in homey. It looks showroom homey. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like wax fruit in the bowl homey. <laughs> also, they haven't been here for a while. It doesn't have the layer of, you know, lived inness. So this one, it doesn't appear dusty as such, mm. but this room it doesn't necessarily appear to be like well lived in. That's mm. the best way to describe it. This is a room that exists. Think of it as the guest room in your nan's house. The one that's used uh, like one week of the year for like right. two meals kind of thing. This is actually something that Sel will comment on at some point, but I'm going to guess that Summit Neil has stuff to say first. Uh, Summit, Summit Neil stands in the corner and says nothing at all. Oh, okay. Is the man in question in this room? Mm. No. There's, ah. there's currently no one in this room or guestily sort of sits. It's just like, we should probably catch up, and they're not going to be done for a little while anyway. They? What? Who? She just turns to Barrett. What on earth have you been doing? Can't tell them things when I'm outside the field, can I? Well, no, but at the same time, God's sake. <sighs> Fine, right. Who, who's in here? Um, so there's me, Ada, Nicholas. Barrett helps with odd jobs, basically, around the place. It's been a while, though, since occasionally Einstein will come by, but it's been a long time now. Oh, good. Einstein is all right. Uh, last time we checked, he's currently out on another scout. Okay. You with the cult? Oh, God, no. We're... Right. Um, Quick answer, yes or no. We're with the cult the same way that you are. Right. Ah, last resort. Once you give us this plan, is Barrett necessary? She looks at Barrett with a very cold cruelty for a little while longer, but certainly not till the end. Let me know when he's done. Barrett's like, yes, oh yes, very funny, very clever, mm, yes. He sort of just stomps through. If anyone wants me, I'll be in my room. And then <laughs> heads through the door at the end. Are you <laughs> affiliated with the Harlequins, then? Right. It seems like I should probably give you a little bit of a walkthrough and then go from there, right? It wouldn't hurt. Yes, please. Sure. Okay, cool. You all, I'm assuming Barris told you all by this point that, you know, yes, you all captured me trying to steal a simulacrum, but it was Nicholas who was paying the bills, right? Yes. Okay, fabulous. So, and then you got me locked up for a while, which was fun, I'll tell you. And then, well, after that point, from what I gather, Nicola and the others sort of went off and did a little bit of computing of their own on the side. And then when things started going a little bit south... Com- I'm... What do you mean by computing? Okay, yeah. Steps back, steps back. Last we heard, Nikola Tesla was working with Charles Babbage and Ada Lovelace, and they were all in the Americas. But obviously he must have come back in order to fund your little... Escapade? Attack. Sure. Well, anyway, as it it stands, the situation is... They're here. Babbage, I'm afraid, uh, didn't make it. We lost him a few months ago now. We have managed to create an engine, which we believe, if combined with a device which we think was generated in the early design stage of the simulacrum with a little bit of um, Edison, a piece of advice, by the way, don't say his name in here, real quick way to get Nicola just off the wall but long story short we think that if we combine this engine with that kill switch we might be able to not just kill everyone which is a very cult of Hades solution but actually revert everyone oh that is 
good. That's good news. It's taking a lot of work, and it's complicated work, and I'd be happy to show it to you if any of you can understand it. Um, I, but I, I would actually very much like to, to see that and, and go through in, in detail, if possible, uh, because, you know, it, it, it seems like a lot of people on your side are in the habit of doing quite harmful things, and I, I would just like... You know, to, to check your work. I think uh, I think there's more than one of us here who would appreciate that. I've been studying the simulacrum for quite a long time myself. Mm. Well, then you might have some insights, I suppose. I'm no good at it, but Sel and Hamid are both very good at this and smart and yes, Scrock too. Mm. Yes. Oh, Scrock pokes his head out. Augusta seems quite interested in Scrock. Hello. Hi. Hmm. Okay. She then just sort of sits back. Uh. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, Augusta can just see the faces. I eventually found out that Showin was doing a bunch of stuff and that kobolds were involved. I've, I've uh, never had the pleasure of uh, meeting someone before, though. To describe it in those terms is something of an understatement. I suggest you are very careful. This actually looks like news to Augusta. Okay. He was a terrible piece of a human being. Oh, yes, absolutely. He had nothing to do with our work. I will let Scrox speak for himself if he wishes to. Scrox just kind of looks Augusta up and down, gives a little bit of a snort. I'm good. How long is Tesla going to be? Um, well, he kind of makes his own schedule. And when him and oh, Ada good. get wrapped up in it, they can go for a while. I'd say... Does he have more pressing engagements than saving the world? Because I, I'm really getting this sense that that this is some kind of side hustle for you all. You know, this seems like it's very pressing, saving the world. It's been very pressing for a long time. Oh, I'm glad they're bored of it by now. Mm. Do you have any food then? We might as well eat while we've got the chance. Yeah, of course. I'll tell you what, help yourselves to anything you can find around here. I'll head down and then see if they're uh, ready for company, OK? Sure. Good. Right. And I'll take a break there, and then I'll be back in a couple of minutes. Mm. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And welcome back. So, Augusta's headed through that door at the far end and is sort of headed down even further stairs. All the stairs seem to go down here so far. And um, you're given a few minutes to yourselves, I think, at which point Scrark sort of goes over to the fireplace and kicks a log a little bit hard. And uh, Summit Neil sort of looks around, 
Someone else seems not just sort of annoyed by that stuff, but seems quite uncomfortable at, of this as a space, I guess. Like she doesn't want to touch stuff. Like it's a little bit icky or something. Mm. Wild, of course, has immediately lounged and started picking up whatever books you can find. Hammond's going to have a snack if there's something there, but he'll otherwise he'll just reach into his own rations. There is food sort of in cupboards and things like that. However, it looks like it should be, like I said, it looks like it should be, you know, a tureen of punch and things like that. And it's like, at the surface level, that's exactly what it is. And then the second that you're in cupboard, it's like, a tin of soup. Oh, two tins of peaches. <laughs> Some dried biscuits. <laughs> it's all, like, style of comfort, but no actual comfort in there. Cell notices this and says, all seems quite like a metaphor for these people yeah very artificial living space Hmm. well i suppose part of it is that if you're gonna live underground for ages you put whatever creature comfort you can but yeah it's a bit they all seem so concerned with seeming more superior than each other you know yeah Mm. it does seem very petty doesn't it i just kind of feel like you know you, you put these things aside to to get saving the world done yeah give them five minutes and i'm busting in I'll help. Just make sure you don't bust in in a way that breaks anything, but apart from that, go nuts. That's what busting in means. Mm. Well, yeah, but we don't want to break the thing that we're here for, as it? Ah, uh, okay. Ah, uh, yes. Oh. So, like, a, a soft busting. Ah, yes. Maybe less of a hard bust than, like, a gentle bosom or something. <laughs> Just done with these people's crap. Fair. We can agree there. But busting makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't not. I couldn't not. I'm sorry. (laughs) Two minutes. Two minutes without drama or action, and this is what happened. This is why. This is why no one gets to sleep, and we always keep moving. We can't be trusted with it. Okay. I'd say, yeah, in fairness, about five minutes later, Augusta sort of comes in, opens her head, pokes it in, and just goes, yeah, come on down then. Closes the door behind her. Right. It's the the artificial casualness, you know? Hmm. I... So many people are dead. I suppose if you're thinking on a higher plane, as it were, that doesn't mean so much. That just means you're an arsehole. Follow on. I agree with Zolf on that one. (laughs) Sometimes people just need a good... Mm. Well, some people just need a bit of a bucketing, don't they, sometimes? I don't do that anymore. (laughs) And then I'll follow Ada. Uh, Augusta, sorry. Augusta, yeah. Heading down the stairs, there are a couple of landings. It, again, it does seem to be set up like a staircase, not like a, a, a complex or anything. So it's like, you know, there's a landing, there's a corridor to the left, corridor to the right that has a couple of bedrooms styled. Again, a window at the end of the corridor that leads to nothing. Down a bit more, another set of landings. Then you get down to the last one and you face your first actual, like, proper... There's a steel door, like an actual steel door, like at the entrance. It's been easy to follow Augusta down as she goes, and the door's left ajar for you. All right. Yep. In we go. Heading inside, there's a big sign that just says, please wash hands, never leave both doors open. Just hung over another metal door, same as the other one. <gasps> and again, a sink. A similar situation, basically. Washy, washy hand, hand. Do the same. Don't bother. Mm. Sure. There's no observation window here or anything like that. Do you, though... In fact, no, you wouldn't be able to. Basically, the doors will only open one at a time. You're not going to be able to get both open. It's, it's a sort of airlock system. Sure. And then heading inside, I'm just going to skip the faff of that. <laughs> you find yourself in an actual, finally legitimate lab. Woo, yeah. By which I mean it is a bit of a candy store for Cell. Yeah, I was going to say, if Cell 
can, I don't know, perception check a way to work out what kind of science is going on? You don't need to, all of them. <laughs> and they seem to be comparatively distinct insofar as, like, there appears to be a lot of chemistry work happening over to one side, there appears to be a lot of electrical equipment on a separate counter, and a separate section of, like, there do appear to be, like, some live animal specimens, like rats and so on, in comparatively large cages, but there are some, like, animals and so on. It, it appears to be just a smorgasbord of science. <laughs> However, it does actually look to be, like real stuff, not a mock-up the way the rest of the house is. Hmm. Your mad science is giving our real science a bad name. (laughs) (laughs) That's very much how Cell feels, yeah. What I would say is, give me a knowledge engineering. Okay. I haven't rolled above ten for ages. One of these dice, these virtual dice are broken. (laughs) Twenty. You're in the scientist equivalent of a, like, a wood shop. This does not make a big, shiny thing. This is where you go for, like, oh, this part broke. All right, I'll make a new one. Oh, mm. you know, this fluid is spoiled. I'll make some more. This isn't the heart, the beating heart of it. This is just sort of an entrance, like, side shed almost. So is there a sense from this that there is more science going on elsewhere nearby, or is this scrabbled together stuff from the wasteland of an apocalypse upstairs? Uh, the former. Okay. This is someone who is well-stocked and has a lot of stuff and just needed a space for, like... You know, if if your hammer breaks and you need to make a new hammer, you don't make a new hammer in the Hadron Collider. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the real lab? Oh, it's uh, just on the other side, but, uh, you know, give, give me a second. Come on. A door at the far end of the lab, which is mostly <laughs> obscured by all of this apparatus, opens, and a very tired and wizard-looking, and you'll just know because they were a a figure of celebrity, Nikola Tesla steps out Mm -hmm. and sort of closes the door behind him and steps over. This guy has aged so much from where he should be, given his age. I'd say he's around the sort of, eh, like, pushing 50s mark. He looks like an unhealthy, like, 70 it's it's the kind of thing, you know, when you see, like, a political leader going through a horrendous time and they just age at double time. Mm. This is someone who just looks so tired. Just enormous bags under the eyes, clumps of hair missing, of uh, and what's left is pure white, and they're just sort of hobbling closer. Hello, all. Um, it's lovely to finally see some fresh faces. Hello. So looks at Summit Neil. <laughs> Summit Newell is stood at the back, deliberately obscured by the rest of the group. (laughs) Nicola doesn't seem to have noticed that uh, she's there. Is there, like, okay, so, you know, you're looking at the eyes and, like, the pupils just go around and then, like, realising that someone is trying to stay hidden, like, carefully shoot back. Like, oh, yeah, no, I wasn't looking around at anything. He legitimately doesn't appear to have noticed. If anything, he, he appears almost myopic. He's got a big pair of thick glasses that he's had to push up his nose. He's walking with a cane and he's just like, yeah, it's, um... It, it's been heavy. It's always nice to see some uh, fresh faces. I, I understand you're here to help us with the work. Yeah, what do you want us to do? Well, uh, in a nutshell, we we have a piece that we can't fabricate here that uh, we'll need fetching, and then we're going to need someone to set up the apparatus in, in the beating heart. <laughs> right, more details than that, please. I, I think it's going to be easier if I show you the device, and then we go from there, if that's okay. Yes. Seems like a good place to start. Thank you. Is this um, all of your party? Now you're starting to see the uh, eyes looking for someone that isn't there. Mm. He notices someone, Neil. Mm. Ah. Hello. 
Can everyone give me a sense motive? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, role play the like heartbroken, stri- like whatever this conversation is, all, <laughs> all to himself. <laughs> all you know? 24. Wow. This is one of the highest skills that I have, but I rolled a two, so um, that's 15 from me. Okay. 10. But both Hammond and Skrark rolled under 10. Everyone knows that Summit Nyerl is, is bloody furious. <laughs> Zolf, you legitimately think there's a chance she might go full bear in this small room. <laughs> okay. You've been around Summit Nyerl enough to know they might legitimately lose control. They haven't yet, but, like, facial twitches of anger. Mentally prepare myself to get in the way. I know that nothing that I can say will make this better, so... um. I won't. He stops, turns around, and then starts walking, well, hobbling through the uh, mine lab towards the door at the end. Opens the door. Please don't touch anything. This isn't arrogance. Most of this equipment's incredibly delicate. If you were to get even a speck of dirt in here, you're creating work that will need to be redone. Please, please. He, he looks like he's going to cry. Please, just... Observe, don't touch. I, I can't rebuild this again. Please. All right. And then he starts heading through the door and out. Summon Yulis. Summon Yul then heads back out the lab the way she came. I guess uh, they thought they might smash things. <laughs> they were gonna. And I'll follow Tesla. Mm. You gotta respect the self control, though. Hmm. Hamid follows Tesla into the lab. In we go. So, you come to a legit spiral staircase, worked metal, spiral staircase leading down. It is closer to other London in some ways, in that it appears to be some maybe some retrofitted service tunnels that were, like, connected into or something like that. And, yeah, Tesla is slowly making his way down. As you do, you start to hear a... Let me finish this sentence. You start to hear a distinctive clicking. Not... Rah, monsters! <laughs> not not that, but more like the gentle ticking of a mechanism. You know, it's something turning over, that kind of thing. And Hamid and Zolf, this has the feeling of the ordinateurs in France, the bit above ground, not the Mr. Ceiling gubbins underneath, but the, like, the actual engines up top that they claimed were all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has a very, very similar vibe to that. And heading down, it appears that you're heading down through what's comparatively a narrow vertical space into a large, broad, brightly lit space. And heading down, the second that you get to eye level, you see that you're looking at, effectively, banks of machinery. Banks and banks of it. Not as large as the Mr. Ceiling setup, by no means. Um, But what it does appear to be is an interaction of not just, like, mechanisms turning. The ordinateurs were very, like, you know, spinning wheels, spinning wheels, etc. This one's, like, significant amounts of, like, spinning wheels. There's a lot of uh, fluids in there. There appears to be some, like, solution-based stuff going in there. There appears to be, like, organic components of, like, you know, parts of trees and root systems and so on seem to be worked into the machinery. And then you see towards the centre, you do see what appears to be something akin to the sort of Mr. Ceiling brain vat, let's say, but one. There appears to be a, a single vat in the middle and appears as well. Hamid, give me a knowledge arcana. 
Well, I only rolled a three, so... Um, I also have Knowledge Arcana. Oh, I mean, okay, so, apologies. Does, so does self. Sorry, that was that was a force of habit. Give me a second, because it is referencing earlier stuff. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to remember yeah. who's who's seen what, basically. Did Zolf see the elemental part of the Mr. Ceiling setup? The deepest level that was elementals. I don't remember if he did or not. I probably didn't, because I don't think he had legs at the time. I don't think you did. So, yeah, sticking just with... And Cell doesn't get this, because I'm nope. kind of referencing yep. stuff. What did Hamid roll? 20 total. Unless you're mistaken, the far wall has a miniaturized, has the miniaturized version that they were attempting to generate with uh, all of the Newton work and all of the stuff that was happening mm. in Prague, appears to be worked into this and appears to be powering it. In terms of... Is, is there a brain in this single central vat? There appears to be one, yes. Mm. Right. In terms of the actual layout of this, though, it is less organised in some way but it appears far more complex. At first, it almost appears like a little bit of chaos because there's, you know, bioorganic components, there's solutions and so on. However, even at a glance, cell, you can tell that there's a very distinct order to the chaos. And for you for free, you can see this isn't born of a messy mind. Hmm. It's with this many disparate fields, this is as clean as it's really going to get. This is as organised as you can really get it. You can't make trees grow in st- at right angles, you know, hmm. stuff like that. Who's, whose brain is that? Well, if you'll follow me, that is what's left of Babbage. Did he consent to this? He did more than consent, he volunteered. Very well. He heads in, and then you see a comparatively short, petite woman is moving between the banks and sort of adjusting things. She seems uh, a lot younger, a lot younger. And the way she picks herself through, this is someone who's intimately familiar with the setup. She's, you know, ducking without looking at things, but she is having to sort of crawl in between stuff to make micro adjustments, wearing white gloves and so on. And she sees you all and then starts crawling her way out and uh, sort of stands there, gives gives a little bit of a wave. Hello, all. <laughs> um, Ada, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Ada kind of is looking between Nicola and yourselves and is clearly... <laughs> clearly rolling sense motives as this is info- unfolding. Uh, well, well, welcome to... Well, we, we just call it the device. So, what is all this designed to do and how does it do it? Well, we know that... Um, th- this is uh, Nicola sort of tired, sort of heads over to a bench. This appears, by the way, uh, sell to your eye, this has a lot more of what you'd expect of high-end gear, where it's like, you know, a modular component within a modular component within a modular. Like, this is where the real work's happening. Hmm. He sort of sits at a very thread-worn stool. <sighs> Shoin's kill switch was a, it was a good idea. Um, if used properly, it would kill the creature, and it would destroy everything that it's interacting with that's, that's not a that's not a solution <laughs> that's that's just a quicker ending but you can't you can't control it okay as much as the cult of Hades want to you can't it doesn't work like that it this this thing is a, it's a it, it's a gestalt entity if you know what I mean by that it's a it connects all the things that were a part of it to make something bigger than the whole, uh, bigger than the sum of the parts. Um, like the 
being that lived under the Arc de Ordinateur. Yes. That was a perversion of the base principles that we're working from. Someone took, as seems to be the story over and over again, people take a part of the whole and then they try and make an entire thing out of it and it doesn't work because it's not the whole thing. <laughs> you, can't, you can't take a wheel from a cart and then expect it to become another cart. It doesn't work like that. You just get a... Look, the, the, the point is, this isn't something that you can kill without hurting everyone else. You can't drag it kicking and screaming from them. But what you can do is... You, you can replace the mind that emerges from all of the others with something that is more benign and willing to then surrender control. So Babbage is going to replace the blue vein creature and then going to stop or am I misunderstanding? It's an oversimplification, but yes. Look, what the kill switch has that we lack is it has the ability to affect all of the, all of the parts simultaneously. For all of his flaws and his abhorrent morals, Shoheen did crack that part of the problem, and I, I haven't been able to. We combine that with the work that we've got here, and what we have is we have at least the ability to interfere with the emergent mind. So you replace the central consciousness, the central desire at the centre of this gestalt creature, and then that new consciousness chooses to withdraw its influence from everyone? That's the plan? In essence, yes. I suppose it's better than killing them. It feels risky. Cell's gonna cast a focused scrutiny on Nicola. Oh, okay. Ooh, interesting. Is going to sit down, like, right in front of them. Oh, him. Mm -hmm. And... So I don't think he gets a will save. It enhances me rather than do anything to him. It's so he doesn't. It's not like a save thing. Um, so yeah, it's just going to crouch down in front of him and say, "You are the first person in this mess who has shown any humility, and so is the only person that I felt that I could trust. But I know that you have betrayed the trust of somebody that I respect. So." I know that I cannot trust my own perception of your trustworthiness. Do you genuinely believe that you can save everyone, that we can unpick this mess that you caused? He starts to cry quite heavily, but maintains the eye contact. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I can guarantee you now that no one else will come a tenth of close as we have. Okay, so Cell's rolling a, cell, a sense motive on that. Oh, yeah, please do. Which... Oh, natural 20! Nice! Nice. That's genuine, and having not rolled above 10, uh, that was why, like, with the focus scrutiny, I was very glad. To, so that was a... That's the focus. So I get a plus 10 bonus on perception and sense motive. What's the score? So that would be 30 plus... <laughs> Cell's natural sense motive is zero. So 30 you believe that this guy would tear his own beating heart out of his chest if he thought it would help? Mm-hmm. In terms of his intelligence, I mean, the work speaks for itself. Ada could be pulling more weight than maybe um, Nicola. You'd have to dig a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. But in terms of his conviction, you're, re- you, you, you're reaching the level of insight where the only reason it's someone else's brain in there, not his, is because it was probably the better call. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who would be willing to just walk straight into a fire to do it 
and does believe that this will work. Mm-hmm. However, you also know that this is a broken man who probably only has the work and nothing else. Mm. So the risk here is less to do with he's lying mm-hmm. and more to do with he's going to conk out before it finishes. Yeah. So just nods and stands up and kind of says, I trust him and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this done. That's good enough for me. So what do you need us to do? Well, we need to fetch the kill switch. We think we know where it is, and then... We need you to take a modified version of that to the top of the air clock tower, and uh, if that sets off in the heart of the plant at the same time that we do our work here... It either works or it doesn't. We need someone to fetch the device and then plant it at the top. Okay, well, Hmm. Cell trusts you, and that's good enough for me, so I think we're going to do it. But it's too close to having a single point of failure, and we need to understand it. Cell and Skrark and I are going to look over all your work. You're going to show your working to us. Of course, of course. Once we understand it, we'll get started. Of course. Ada, if, if... Ada will be able to... to. He just sags, and then and basically he looks like he's already exhausted from the conversation. Ada steps forward going, the conversation's tire him out. I, 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 can, I, I can show you basically anything you want to know. Um, it's, it's, it's just good to have the help, finally. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's certainly good enough for me, but let's get started. A lot of work to do. She takes a moment and then, before doing so, just looks up and just looks you all dead in the eye and just says, thank you. Just just thank you. And I'm going to end the episode there. Mm. Bit of a down note. No! That's a kind of that's, a... that's an up note. This is the best news we've had. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't trust anyone that walks through this kind of scenario in a super cheery, blasé, what can I get out of it kind of attitude. Yeah. I hate having a smart character who isn't either sarcastic or... <laughs> I've made it out of cheese and, and glue. <laughs> I mean, when, when you started describing the mechanisms in this room, I was thinking plus, 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 out of cheese error. <laughs> <laughs> well, e- either way, uh, yeah, welcome, welcome to the end game, people. Ooh. Uh, Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The program is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the program at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Program Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. I'm running out of secrets to hide from you. So... Until then, I guess it's bye for now, and we'll we'll see how it all unfolds next week. <sighs> okay. Oh boy! Bye. bye. Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by Hannah Preisinger. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord, or via Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 